0: Welcome to Horror Study Hall, the academic side of horror. I'm your host, M.A. Reynolds. It's time to get spooky. Welcome back to Horror Study Hall. Happy that you could join us for episode four. Today we are going to be talking about horror film and American culture. Um, For this episode, the majority of the source material comes from the book Projected Fears Horror Film and American Culture by Kendall R. Phillips. If you are interested in this subject and you want to dive a little deeper, pick up this book, give it a read, and learn a little bit more on how horror films reflect American culture. So let's go ahead and get started. If you want to know what fears were on the top of people's minds at any given time in the modern era, look no further than the horror films that are being produced. Digging deep into each decade, you can see themes represented, showcasing what was on society's mind. Horror puts our fears front and center, showing us what anxieties exist just beneath the surface. They aim to entertain, to shock, and to bring to light the topics which we may be afraid to directly address. While widely viewed as a lesser genre, a low-budget genre, and a generally despised one, the horror film is free to be political, psychologically challenging, and free to make artistic decisions, a more mainstream genre is unable to do. This allows the horror film to confront societal topics in a way that most other genres cannot. An uncompromising look into what we fear. What does the horror film say about American culture and fear? In this episode, we will be going decade by decade to highlight what the horror films of the time said about America, its culture, its people, and its fears. In the 1950s, there was a law on America's mind. World War II had recently come to a close, soldiers were returning home with PTSD and a myriad of other ailments, and Americans began to worry about communism coming over to our country. Relations between the United States and the Soviet Union became strained. There were concerns over communists infiltrating the United States government, and the looming threat of nuclear war was higher than it had ever been before. These fears required new kinds of monsters to be born, the invading alien and the atomic man-made abomination. These monsters made their way into the horror films of the 1950s. Radioactive mutation became common in horror films with movies like Godzilla and Them. The rise of science made Americans more dependent on technology and the expertise of scientists. It caused a fear of the unknown. Can science go too far? Americans were unsure of what the future may hold. Does the future hold dangers of atomic radiation? Will America be invaded by our enemies or something from another world? The rise of sci-fi horror was imminent. We saw movies that put invasion front and center like World of the Worlds and The Thing from Another World. What do you think of when you think of horror from the 1950s? I personally think of films like Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. um, And alien movies like Plan 9 from Outer, Outer Space. All of those giant bug and giant creature movies, um, Invasion of the Bite Snatchers, Tarantula, The Bat, The Wasp Woman. All of these films are directly related to science, to the nuclear age. All of these fears are directly related to science, which was a rather new concept back then. I mean, science has been around for ages. But it had never been so widely used or talked about. Um, our technology has never had never advanced as far as it had in previous centuries as it did in the 20th century. So our horror films reflected these fears because science was relatively unknown at the time. We didn't know as much as we know today. For all we knew, the atomic bomb would create a giant ant to come attack us all. The Godzilla would rise from the ocean. That... It would cause more destruction than we ha- could ever imagine. Um, in the 1950s, it was a whole nother era, and we had our fears showcased for us in the movie theater. Our fears evolved in the 1960s. We became more comfortable with science. Our fears had turned from outside threats to internal threats. The beginning of the 1960s brought feelings of prosperity and confidence. Technology and science were more understood, easing the fears of the 1950s. As time progressed, Americans began fearing that prosperity would end, that the family was under attack, and social injustice became widely scrutinized. Many Americans, primarily white Americans, had moved to the suburbs. The family unit became the centerpiece of happiness. The normality of the nuclear family was the goal of most Americans, Horror challenged this normalcy by shining a light on our fear of the destruction of the family, the destruction of normalcy. Rosemary's baby directly challenged the family unit and what is normal by directly addressing the fear that you may not know your partner as well as you think you do, that the child you have been longing for could be the Antichrist. Psycho challenged the mother-child dynamic. By showing an abusive, dysfunctional relationship between a mother and a son, resulting in murder and a psychotic break. When you think about these two films, most people will remember the shower scene in Psycho, and remember maybe the car being pulled out of the lake. They're not really looking at the the dynamic between the mother and son. What dysfunctional family relationship occurred there to make Norman Bates turn into what he turned into? That he would save his mother's body in the attic? That the relationship between child and parent was so destructive that the child would end up taking on the mother's persona and still living that relationship, that dysfunctional relationship inside of himself internally? That he would take on the mother's persona to attack a woman that he may find sexually attractive or um, anything that threatened that family dynamic, that dysfunction, the codependency that was in that relationship. So next time you watch Psycho, just kind of take these these thoughts in mind when you're watching it. I know the mother isn't alive in the movie and you can't really see the backstory of how Norman Bates got there. But just think about all the things that could have occurred in his life the dysfunction of that family unit that caused him to become what he became. And in Rosemary's Baby, um, it it showcases a traditional happy marriage in the beginning of the film, but then it turns out that the husband has only his self-interests at heart, that he's willing to sacrifice his wife and his potential first child to get ahead in the world. He isn't thinking about the family unit. He's thinking about himself and what he can gain and what he can become. Another film from the 1960s that showcases the destruction of the family unit would be um, Village of the Damned. In this movie, we have an entire town of women that become pregnant at the same time and give birth at the same time to a herd of blonde, blue-eyed, creepy children that may or may not have been conceived by something otherworldly that come to destroy the adults around them, to destroy the town and just to take over, kind of showcases the fear of children, that should we procreate with someone who is not like us, it could end up destroying our culture and our society. In the 60s, we also saw more attention being drawn to social injustice and the inequality between races. Though unintentional, The casting of a black leading man in Night of the Living Dead brought attention to social injustice faced by black Americans. At the time of Night of the Living Dead's release in 1968, the summer of love of the 60s was coming to an end. Violence, decisiveness, social and political activism had increased. Night of the Living Dead had realism audiences had not yet seen. When the protagonist is shot at the end of the film, it serves as a critique on American culture of that time. How groundbreaking was it to cast an African-American in that lead role in Night of the Living Dead in 1968? I know George Romero always said that race was never in consideration when he cast casted that role, that he was just the best actor and the best person for that part. Even though that that's the truth, It still left a mark on society. Racism was front and center at the end of that movie when you have a mob of white men not even checking to see if the survivor is a human or a zombie and just shooting him. There's such realism at the end of that movie that really brought social injustice to the forefront. In addition to fears of the 1960s, the 1970s saw new fears emerge. Faith in institutions, the government, and religion decreased in the 1970s. Vietnam showed the youth that young lives can be cut short. The breakdown of the family and Christian values was showcased in the horror film of the 70s. The slasher trope was born, featuring groups of teenagers with no parents in sight, doing decidedly unchristian things like drinking, doing drugs, and having sex, and dying for it. Black Christmas and Halloween are often credited as the first slasher films bringing these fears to the forefront. These films showed what happens when you go against traditional Christian values by doing drugs, having premarital sex, drinking underage, that those things will and can kill you or an outside force will and can kill you. The rise of religious horror focused on the loss of faith and the destruction of the American family. Possession and Antichrist movies addressed what happens when the family unit disintegrates, when religion is not a focal point in the home. The exorcist revolves around a non-religious single mother who is seemingly focused on her career rather than her daughter. This allows the devil to make his way into their home and possess the child. It could be argued that the reason Reagan was possessed in The Exorcist is because there is no father, that the mother is often focused on herself and her career and not raising her child. She's not a stay-at-home mom after all, and everyone knows that that's the sin, and that they had no religion in the home, because when when Reagan's mom goes to the priest to try to get an exorcism, he asks if she's Catholic, and she states that, no, they're not religious at all. So the reason Reagan was possessed is because she had no religion in her home and her family unit was destroyed. Movies like The Omen also address this. In The Omen, um, babies are swapped at birth so that a prominent political figure in the United States is going to raise the Antichrist and cause the end of the world. Now, he's able. this is able to happen because the political figure again, doesn't have religion in the home. They don't know what to look out for. They make decisions that are probably not in the best interest of his family by lying to his wife and swapping out the baby that passed away with a baby that lived. This also showcases Satanists infiltrating the family unit because we don't have Christ in our home, so to speak, that they are able to get in and destroy our family unit from the inside because we no longer focus on God This shows if Americans do not go back to traditional Christian values, the Antichrist will rise and Satanists will take over the world. I would be remiss if I did not mention some other notable films of the 70s. You have films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which showcased, again, what happens to teenagers if they are doing unchristian things and going in places where they shouldn't go. You have films like the Amityville Horror, which is showcasing, again, the devil, so to speak, invading the family unit. Um, Films like Carrie, which can be considered a religious horror, but in the other direction, it isn't necessarily a a lack of faith. It is extreme faith that destroys um, the mother-daughter relationship and ends up really wreaking havoc on those around them. Growing up in the 1980s, I remember the culture of American fear of that time. After all, there was a windowless white van around every corner waiting to abduct children. Serial killers were literally everywhere, so to speak. (laughs) And the Soviet Union was going to drop a bomb on us at any moment. There also was the rise of the satanic panic, which caused many to believe that satanists were... Conducting satanic ritualistic sacrifices around every corner. That Dungeons and Dragons was a tool of the devil and should be avoided. That heavy metal music would summon the devil itself. All of these fears came to the surface by the horror of that decade. In addition to those fears, we also have a culture of commercialism that is really growing during the Reagan era. Lots of focus on money rather than family, on what we have and what our appearance is to those around us. You can see that in the horror film of the 1980s, because the 1980s really gave rise to the franchise. Now more than ever before, we have movies with sequel after sequel after sequel, really leaning into that 1980s mindset of commercialism and money and excess. We have so many Friday the 13th movies, so many Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Every horror film became a franchise during that time. The slasher film became a big part of the 1980s. Slow building suspense in the slasher film mirrored the slow building tension between the United States and the USSR slasher movies showed us that there was a killer around every corner waiting to strike the end of the 80s saw a decline in horror at least horror released to the theaters now that we had new technology in home video a lot of movies went direct to video and kept creating sequel after sequel after sequel in order to get get more money to be more commercially successful These sequels were a reflection of the capitalist society in the 1980s, and the 80s encouraged and embraced that sort of mindset. So looking at the horror of the 1980s, um, like I mentioned previously, and all of the sequels and all of the franchises and all of the direct-to-video releases, it really shows what we were focused on in the 1980s was money um, and outward appearances. It also showed that in the 1980s, um, parents didn't really watch their kids like they used to. Um, There was PSAs at 10 o'clock at night asking parents if they know where their children are because it was a real problem, which that was reflected into the slasher genre of the 1980s. So many, so many (laughs) horror movies of... Teenage girls having slumber parties without a parent in sight when a killer comes and murders them all. So many teenagers going camping with, again, no adult supervision. Where were our parents in the 1980s? These themes continued into the 1990s, although we did see a decrease in the amount of horror that was being produced in the beginning of that decade. It seemed that the horror genre was fading away. Postmodern culture permeated the American culture in the 1990s carried over from the 1980s. We had capitalism, narcissistic tendencies, and cynicism had become the norm. The MTV generation became teenagers and became more comfortable with technology. Adults thought that the youth had no value, no style, no attention span, and that the youth were more interested in TV and their own image than what was going on in the world. These culture shifts led to a fear of technology and a fear of youth, And this gave rise to the 1990s teen horror cycle. Starting with Scream, the 1990s had a slew of teen horror movies. These movies had similar casts, similar premises, similar posters, and told similar stories. They were generally comprised of a group of teens or um, young adults in their early 20s that are hunted down by an unknown killer only to have the final girl or boy overcome the killer. Taking into consideration the age of the filmmakers creating these films, it seems that the boomer generation was using horror to control the Gen X generation. That showing that teens could, that showing, they showed teens what could happen if they go against the ideals of the previous generation, that their lives may be forfeit. Looking back at the teen horror cycle, um, if you think about all of the movie posters that came out during that time, they do all look pretty similar. From Scream to I Know What You Did Last Summer to The Faculty. All of these movie posters had about five, five to six teenagers or young adults on the cover in a very similar arrangement um, with same bluish, sometimes red font, and... Um, All of these movie posters look very much the same. In the 1990s, there was a fear of youth culture and a fear of teenagers showcased in the horror movies, which is why we had so many horror movies marketed towards teens, but also starring teens that met some sort of demise. The 2000s saw a rise in fear of the other outsiders that may disrupt or even destroy our way of life. The 2001 um, World Trade Center attacks really brought terrorist fears to the forefront, fears of others infiltrating our country and doing harm to us. These fears of terrorism, racism, immigration were seen in our horror film. We saw an increase of zombie films in this time period. The zombie is a great allegory of the fear of the other. Someone who looks like us but isn't us, infiltrating our culture and our society to do us harm, to take over and make our culture theirs, to attack us where we live. From movies like the remake of The Dawn of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Record, Dead Snow, we had a, a plethora of zombie movies come out in the early 2000s, really drawing attention to the fear of the other, infiltrating us just like what had happened on September 11th. As horror cr- continued to evolve into the 2010s, we still had a, a ton of zombie movies coming out in the 2010s. Um, in, addition to, in addition to those fears of the other um we had new fears being introduced. It shifted a little bit to show the fear of society, of fake news, the alt-left, conspiracy theories, the government, and the continuation, again, of the fears of the 2000s all played into create what we experienced in the horror in the, or in the 2010s. Trends in horror showcased our fears with the home evasion movie and the haunted house movie. These movies directly addressed our fear of the other, taking up residence in our own personal domain. These films show a fear of the loss of American culture by globalization, that we will no longer be a unique American culture. Our culture will be more global and more widespread and not uniquely American. Films like The Purge, The Conjuring, *Your Next, and many others played on the big screen showing us these fears. Um, I'm going to quote directly from a Vox article I read about the horror cycle of the 2010s. Um, The article is titled Vox Horror Movies Reflect Cultural Fears and 2016 Americans Feared Invasion. Um, This will be linked in the show notes so you can read the entire article. Um, And I quote, Metaphorically, the allegory of the modern home invasion film is all about the sanctity and deceptive sovereignty of America as a nation state, powerful and impenetrable. The fears of an audience witnessing a home invasion reflects the fears of Americans who fear that their country has been or will be invaded by everyone from militant radical Islamists to refugees to job stealing immigrants End quote. What a powerful statement on the horror film of the 2010s, that Americans were so afraid of the so-called other coming and taking our home away from us. The horror films of this decade showed us what we fear, and those fears did end up shaping our society and our laws. Um, Think about the laws restricting immigration and border control. It all comes full circle. What is next for the horror film in the 2020s? What current fears will be reflected in our films? I mean, my personal opinion and the opinion of some others that I read in researching for this episode is that the fear of technology will probably be the most recent theme of horror of this decade. Loneliness and the horrors of technology in the 21st century is expected to be the horror cycle in post-COVID-19. You can see this now reflected in some recent films like Host, Dashcam, and Possessor. Um, I had someone ask me on Discord what I believed the next horror cycle would be. And I agree that I believe it would be technology. Um, I imagine uh, a a movie or series of movies revolved around our move to work from home. Our separation from each other and moving into a more technological space for our culture. Um, just think about it. We're always on social media. We're interacting with each other over Zoom or other, over other web applications. We can order our groceries and have them sent directly to our house. We don't ever have to leave our homes anymore. So what does that look like for the horror film? What fears could that bring to the surface? Do we know that everyone is still okay in the world outside of our little spaces that we kind of hibernate into? What if we're so focused on working from home and getting our, our, our necessities shipped to us and interacting only over the computer? For all we know, everyone around us is gone and we've been interacting with AI or bots this entire time. Just a little something to think about for the future of horror. Horror can be considered one of the most evolving of all movie movie genres because it is most reflective of our present past and future experiences and anxieties. It holds a mirror up to our culture and society to shine a light on what we are afraid of. So what does the future of horror look like? Look no further than the news and American culture to find out. Thank you for joining me for episode four of Horror Study Hall. Please do us a favor, rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. This really helps the podcast get out to more individuals and be more widespread. Follow us on social media at Horror Study Hall on Twitter and Instagram. You can also shoot us an email at amateurhorror101 at gmail.com. As always, references for this episode will be posted on our website, horrorstudyhall.com. Go check that out if you would like to learn a little more. Um, This episode was just a very high level overview of this particular subject. If you are interested, I, check out the resources I am posting and feel free to reach out to me via email and we can have a discussion on the subject further. Thanks again for joining us. Stay spooky, friends.